A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 62 of Confessions of a Marketer, it's time to use your noggin. All of it. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. I've got Corinne Conroy, founder and creative director of Conroy Creative Council, here to talk about whole-brained marketing. We'll get to that chat in just a moment. Coming soon, we have Josh Martin back in to dig a bit more into product marketing. Chris Daly will be back to figure out how to convert social media traffic. And Ricardo Osti will be in to chat about the role marketing plays in the customer experience. Also, I'm excited that a few people who have been on before will be back soon, including L. Wolf, John Chang, and Rob Whedon. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, the iPod with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, on to Corinne Conroy. Corinne champions an approach called whole-brained marketing. Her business focuses on web design and digital marketing for law firms. But she found that many lawyers needed to modernize their marketing. And with whole-brained marketing, she gives them an approach that balances the rational and creative. It's a challenge, but Corinne has navigated it well. We had a fascinating discussion that I've divided into two parts. Here's part one, so let's get to it. Karen Conroy, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it'll be an interesting chat, I think. You've got a really interesting concept, whole-brained marketing. What's it all about, and how do you put it into action? Well, it's basically about trying to use both sides of your brain. So trying to make sure that the right brain, that's all the creativity and the kind of artistic and that side of the unique side combined with the more technical side, the analytical left brain side, and using both sides to make sure that you are getting to better solutions that that consider all of those options and are more successful. Yeah, and the creative side of the brain and the rational side or the analytical side of the brain, the right brain and the left brain are often at odds. Yeah. But they're important to the success of projects. And often one side kind of wins out over the other. How do you balance both and succeed? Well, it's tricky. So the kind of work I do is typically online websites. And those are the typical projects, the most common projects I'm working on. And I work with lawyers. So typically I'll get a client who is coming in with an approach that's one side or the other. So they're either coming in to me often on the creative to creative side where they 
They just don't know why they're not connecting with their audience and they see other websites out there or other marketing campaigns and they can't quite understand, you know, they have the technical things that all of these other sites have, but they don't understand why it's not working. Or on the too technical side, I get a lot of people coming in initially talking to me about how one of their competitors or one of their neighbors or someone has talked to them about this kind of end-all golden ticket solution of oftentimes it's SEO. And so because it's confusing and it sounds very technical, they think, oh, well, maybe this is the answer and this is what's going to, you know, make me millions of dollars and this is my lottery ticket. And so all they want to talk about is SEO and their rankings and, you know, all of those details, which, you know, are not unimportant, but it's just one piece of the bigger picture. And so I, in either case, I usually, you know, kind of reiterate where they're coming from so that they know that I at least understand where they're coming to me, but then talk about taking a step backwards and, and look at the bigger picture and talk about their whole marketing approach and their all of their campaigns and all of their marketing angles and the work that they're doing to have a more comprehensive approach. Oftentimes there isn't a lot more that's involved. And so there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And so then at least they have some sense of everything that they're missing or, you know, some sense of it. Yeah, and boy, the legal profession has kind of been transformed in the last 20, 30 years with <laughs> advertising. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's kind of a few categories of attorneys, at least as far as I can tell from things that I've seen that, you know, there's the staid big firms, there's the, you know, small put up a shingle kind of firm. And yeah. then there's the wacky ones who try to get attention by doing crazy commercials. Right. Things like that. How do you kind of characterize the business these days? Well, that's a good question. I mean, to begin with, most attorneys coming out of law school don't consider themselves a business. They almost consider it this very, you know, they call themselves advocates and Mm -hmm. they find it to be this very kind of artistic, very kind of artistic focused profession where they're going to really save the world and, or at least, you know, a certain group of people. And I have found a similar sort of experience just in designers and in my background of Mm. design and where they are too heavily focused on that side of the brain that is the creative side and they don't kind of see it as a business and they don't go to the efforts to create a business and do all those analytical things to make a plan and have, you know, goals and logic behind your decisions and all of those things. So, I mean, to begin with, I think that's the first step. And it's such a baby step, it seems like, from a business perspective. But for law firms to consider themselves a business and to sit down and make a plan with the idea that they need to actively pursue their potential client. And then before they do that, they need to define who their ideal clients are. And then they have to make a plan to go find them and then, you know, bring them in and, and, make goals and make them measurable and do all that stuff. And for a lot of the people I'm talking to, these are light bulb moments. I mean, they don't even, they haven't even considered that. Do you do a lot of persona research? Do you help a law firm kind of isolate its market? 
No, typically they have a good sense of that coming in. That is the one thing that they can define. And they would never, they don't call it personas. They don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call it their <laughs> clients, you know, their kind of typical potential client or kind of defining the, the problem itself. So oftentimes it's once in a while I'll work with firms that are more general and do a lot of different kinds of legal work, but oftentimes they at least have narrowed it down to some type of practice area. So they have, you know, maybe one to three different typical clientele and they can kind of define that person, even though they don't realize that what they're doing is kind of that persona research. But, you know, if they're a criminal defense attorney and they work in a certain region and they do a certain type of defense work, there's a certain clientele that aligns with that. And they already kind of know that stuff just from their experience, but they don't even realize in putting those things together, what that means for their marketing until we kind of lay it out and explain it. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. How did you end up working with lawyers? It was not a logical <laughs> left brain choice. <laughs> Nothing is in, <laughs> no. in my career, I've found that. No, I mean, it's, it is in kind of retrospect, all of the pieces do fit together, but, you know, and avenues that I went down that didn't fit into this path kind of quickly fell away. But, you know, as it's happening, it never feels that way. But I originally started out working in this little internet cafe down in a beach town here in Orange County. And I was just working there and helping a lot of small businesses kind of do their initial websites. And this is way back in HTML in the very beginning of the yeah. internet, like Netscape and ancient times for, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. websites. And then I eventually became the director of marketing at Century 21. So then there I was also working with, in my description, they're, they're also small businesses because all of those real estate agents are independent contractors and their marketing budget comes out of their own pocket. And yeah. we do have a marketing department, but we're billing them directly. And so we're creating all of these little businesses under the you know Century 21 umbrella. Yeah. So I was at the largest Century 21. We had about 2,200 agents. I, I was the, I had a team and all of that. And then that was heading into the Great Recession, which, you know, <laughs> the writing on that wall, I think you can kind of see coming. Yeah. I um, remember it well. Yeah, I think we all do in kind of the dark days. And at the same time, I still had some people that I was working with on the side that knew I did websites and I knew how to do that. One of which was this attorney who contacted me. And so I did a quick website for him. And a lot of his colleagues saw his site and, you know, just kind of word spread. So I started yeah. doing sites on the side. And then as the recession hit and I was laid off and I was starting my MBA, that just kind of took off on its own. And yeah. coincidentally, a lot of attorneys at the time were not getting these big firm positions that they expected to. And so there was a lot of attorneys that were suddenly needing to set up their websites and their law firm that had no expectation that they would be doing that. They thought, you know, they would be graduating from law school and stepping into this cushy, you know, job. And, you know, the recession made them 
a different reality. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and what's it like negotiating with an attorney for a contract to do a project? Uh, yeah, that has been a fun journey <laughs> over <laughs> years and years. My contract is very detailed. It has been revised. I couldn't even count how many times where, you know, in many positive times, I've had clients who, you know, I worked with and it went very well. And they, you know, towards the end of the project said, by the way, you know, I need to help you a little bit with your contract because there's a few <laughs> things that I noticed that need to be fixed. And so, yeah, it's to begin with, it always starts with the contract, which is probably not what typically happens with a lot of other right. firms, but they look very detailed. And I've come to realize when, when, the, you know, the signals of when it's either going to be a good client or a completely, you know, complete waste of time because they are splitting hairs on this one clause that doesn't ever mean anything and it never comes to. <laughs> um, and so just the contract itself and how they kind of deal with that is a good indicator of what kind of client they're going to be. But, you know, it's been really interesting because like all human beings, these attorneys are across the board. I have some who are very very detailed and some who don't even read the contract and halfway through the project they'll I'll make some mention of okay well this is not in agreement with you know what we've talked about and they'll say oh is that in your contract <laughs> like I didn't even read it <laughs> you know and I'm like you're an attorney how do you yeah that's funny yeah so you know it's like everything else some of them are very detailed about that some of them are not all right, Corinne will be back next time to discuss how she approaches each client engagement, how SEO is dead, and what she sees coming. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.